Hi, and welcome back to The Process with Hon and Jono. We're stoked you could join us. This week, we talked to Luan Mika about audio production, songwriting, and being a musician. Luan is an Auckland-based guitarist, mix engineer, songwriter, and musician. He made his mark on the New Zealand music scene playing guitar for artists like Harry Parsons, Levina, Sam V, and Odds and Ends. On top of that, his skills in music production and mixing are in high demand, having worked with Chris Bates, Gabriel Bond, and many, many others. As well as working with others, he also releases his own music. His most recent release was a song written with Manuela called Tevas, and in 2019 he released his first single, Love You Better, which today has over 17,000 plays on Spotify. We're really excited to have him on the podcast, so welcome Luan. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, wow. Great to have you, Luan. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much Good for coming. Yeah. You want to start with um, telling us how you got into music? How I got into music? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, uh, I almost got into music completely by accident, to be honest. When I was, oh, wow. like, How does one do was, that? <laughs> when I was 10, I, I think I got a, uh, a guitar for my birthday without ever having really paid attention to music before. And I was True. like, yeah, this is fun. And then I just never put it down. I just kept playing. And Amazing. I practiced for like several hours a day at 10 years old. Nice. <laughs> Did you have lessons? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Was it an acoustic guitar? Yeah, it's one of those like really uh, crappy nylon ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little yeah, classical yeah. guitars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. What age was Did that? Do you still have that? Who? Do you still have that guitar? Yeah, it's actually upstairs, but it's I broke a string once and then it's been like 10 years since <laughs> yeah, I've got fixed. <laughs> since I've nice. restringed it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we always ask this question as our first question. So, Luan, what is your creative process if you have one? What is my creative process? It's yeah, well, we're talking about songwriting for now. So when <laughs> writing a song, like, what is your go-to? Uh, I don't know, it changes sometimes, but usually what I tend to do is I'll just come up with any idea, no matter how how small or how big it is. It can even be like a, like a single note, weird synth sound. Uh-huh. And then I'll just try and, you know, just build something on top of that and just try and see how far I can get without without stopping, you know, and then... Once I have some mess of sound, and I kind of uh, edit it back into something more listenable. Hmm. All right. So nice. you're kind of like building that in the door? Yeah, usually, yeah. Okay, A lot okay. of the times I'll just come up with something on guitar, though, or occasionally piano, not really. Hmm. Nice. How long cool. does one of those sessions kind of go? You say you kind of like you take this idea and run with it as far as you can until you run out of steam sort of thing. How long? Yeah. Is that like uh, five hour process, ten hour? <laughs> usually, that part is actually really fast. It, it usually takes, I don't know, probably maybe like 30, 40 minutes, I'd say. Uh-huh. And I just go crazy with the, uh, crazy with things, and then just that one idea. Wow. Yeah. But I find if it, at the moment that you stop adding things, then uh, you kind of lose track of where you are, and then you start doing other things, and you procrastinate, and then suddenly uh, it's gonna take forever. <laughs> I just try and go as yeah. fast as I can in the moment. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And is that like a set time that you have this, like a creative hour? No, I just, <laughs> just whenever I, <laughs> whenever whenever strikes, I feel yeah. like it, just go, go hard. Oh, yeah. Do cool. you find that that kind of process of chucking everything down for 40 minutes and like moving as quickly as possible, if you stop and like think too hard about it, does that trip you up or are you thinking about it the whole way or like a, you know what I mean? Like a purely creative thing or are you analyzing I, it as you go? I try not to analyze it because I find when I do analyze it, like you said, there's kind of, it just slows everything down. Right. Mm. And, you um, get too in your head. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. I might think of creative things I can do all the time. And then mm. like, I'll be like, what if I change this setting and the distortion or whatever? And they're like, whoa, that sounds cool. What if I do this? Mm. And then just like keeps going. And then that's kind right. of what I usually want. Yeah. So that's great to have it. Not- oh, sorry. You go on. Oh, no. It's nice not having like a pressure in like when you're making something like um, not doubting yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It sounds like you're talking about distortion and like messing with kind of like those are almost a mixed process level of kind of the the process of the song. So would you say that you mix as you write and that? Oh kind of no, those definitely decisions? not. If no? I if I if I mix while I'm while I'm making something, then I then I start trying to mix it and then uh, and I mm. stop writing it. <laughs> ah, okay. okay. But, um, so that but I just mean like as an example, sometimes I might um, think of like, oh, I've had this distant, distorted sound in the background. You know, and then I'll crank it and then like, well, that actually sounds really cool. And then I might have a different idea for it and it kind of goes like that. It's not really like a, a kind of mixing way. It's kind of more like a creative effect type way, I guess. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Because most of the people we've spoken to um, would write songs kind of on a guitar in its most basic form. Yeah. Like as, yeah. A, as a simple thing. Do you ever envision... Or yeah, envision kind of what the song as a whole is going to be before you get to that point, or is it always kind of a stepping stone? It's usually actually just like a stepping stone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't really think too much about what it could be. Um, as a maybe I should try that. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I normally just as I go, I just you know see where it takes me, and then that's usually True. what I'm left with. Mm, nice, I like it. So having studied um, pop music at university, Luan, have you found like that's like changed like the way you songwrite? Yeah, it actually made me it opened my eyes a lot to yeah. to different things. Um, it kind of made me realize how many things I need to actually be making in order to improve on what what you mm-hmm. do. It's like if you just write one song, you kind of you're not really gonna improve much. But if you write a hundred songs, the the gap from the first one to the hundredth one is gonna be. Mm quite massive yeah I guess like if you write a bunch you're bound to have like some good stuff yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you find that's true like do you write a hundred songs what's your like ratio of keeping them um oh early early on when I started producing things it was uh-huh. I didn't, wouldn't keep anything <laughs> I still have hundreds of uh, projects on my computer that I haven't opened in like two years yeah three years even and then, um, I don't know, at some point, I think it was about Love You Better was kind of the first thing I made that I really liked. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, wow, this, this is actually really cool. And then from then on, it was, like, I don't know, maybe 40% of the stuff I, I make that I actually like. And mm. the other half, I just never open again. <laughs> right. But that stuff that you throw away is, like, super important. Cause you, do you agree? Like, you have to get that out of the way so that you yeah, can exactly. make room yeah. for the better stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, because we know that you've done a degree um, and part of that is kind of learning a theory and stuff and I know that you're a guy who's interested in theory. No, oh, I Do love you, my theory. <laughs> you love your theory, exactly. Do you use that theory during songwriting or um, or would you say that that kind of comes afterwards when you're trying to analyse it? I, I try not to use theory in like um in like a analytical way when I'm writing, but I'll use it to mm. come up with ideas that I wouldn't normally think of 
like the yeah. whole um, one thing I did for a long time was chuck in two five ones everywhere. <laughs> I remember that phase. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd go to a, I'd try to go somewhere out the key, and then like, how do I get there? Oh, I'll just do a two five one back to the. <laughs> to oh, the key. okay, for modulation, yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, I'd, I'd just use it more for a creative uh, tool than a um, than an analytical tool. But it also right. comes in handy if you're listening to other songs and trying to figure out what they're actually doing and then use that as an idea, as a cool. basis for a new song, things like yeah, that. Totally. Yeah, yeah nice. nice. When you're playing for other people, because um, we know you do quite a lot of guitar work for other artists, um, would you say that there's a fair amount of creativity in that kind of process as well, in taking someone else's song and working with it? What's your process... Yeah, it's actually that kind of work. It's actually quite, quite difficult a lot of the time because you want to, you don't want to overplay a, a lot. So you have to try and make have really like um, small, concise ideas rather than mm. you know shredding a soul all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's actually like a whole different. That okay, open my eyes a lot as well to kind of what parts you need in a song, because you can't have just everything busy all the time and. Doing crazy things, mm. you need like small, simple parts. A lot of the time, sometimes I guess you need you need some complicated ideas sometimes. Otherwise, you get a bit boring. But mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's super interesting to hear how kind of like from a you got the songwriting perspective, and then you've got the serving someone else's song mm. perspective, mm. and that kind of yeah, the way that you have to work differently. Um, yeah. As a mix engineer and producer, as well as a songwriter, do you consider um, them like different tasks or do you approach them all the same? What do you mean by that, sorry? Uh, so you well, do... <laughs> as, as a mix, kind of, you know, so songwriting is a creative process where you're, you're putting stuff down, like creating the structure of the song and the melody and things. When yeah. you come to mixing a song, so say it's not even like your song, it's a different ah, song right. entirely. What's your creative process behind that and like how does that differ from... On the songwriting thing, are you are you doing anything similar? So my my creative process behind mixing is that what you're mm. asking mm. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a every every different song you get is like a new challenge, I guess. Because um, you want to kind of put yourself in the in the artist's shoes and kind of think about what it is they want to get out of the song, like what are they trying to say with the song, and then I try and figure out where I can like bring that out if I can. And then it's it's more, yeah I feel like it's more about bringing out what's what's there and making it making uh-huh. it stand out and speak for mm. itself a bit a bit better like more clearly than it, than yeah. it did before if that if that kind of makes sense. Nice. Yeah. What what kind of um, what kind of creative tools would you say you have when mixing? So when you're taking someone's song like that and you're trying to yeah. serve the song, um, but you want to put your own kind of Luan flair on it because I mean, there's different <laughs> things that you do that other mix engineers don't do. Um, what kind of stuff is there? Because I don't know. I kind of sometimes think of mixing as being a little bit algorithmic, other than like not that creative. Like we got to mm. make the bass has to be here, the kick has to be there, the snare has to do that to sound kind of normal. Do you often kind of do you need to break that to be creative, or can you be creative within? That I've actually space, never really. You know? thought about it in a kind of a like an analytical way like that okay. I, I, I normally find it super creative uh, mixing songs 
because mm. you, you'll, you'll find spaces where you want, like, you know, like a nice delay to come through and you want to give something space in like one section and then like bring something forward in another. And it's like just, it's like a, just a different aspect of creating uh, to me, I feel like. Do you take the time to like find out like if you was mixing for someone, would you ask them what the song was about? And um, oh, I'd, I'd see help? if I can if I can do it yeah. without any kind of um, guidance. If they wanted to tell me, I, I'd you know I'd t- take anything that they tell me and try yeah. and <laughs> try and use that. But I try and think of myself as just a regular regular listener, and then what I would want to hear as someone listening to that. Okay, listening to that That's song. A super interesting perspective on it. Ah. What kind, of, what kind of things would you say like are your creative tools when mixing? What kind of processes, like like adding distortion, weird oh, delays, yeah, like what some, kind of stuff are distortion. you into? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just named like two, of my, two of my favorite ones there. Yeah. Adding some delays. And <laughs> Tell and us more about distorted. how you work with those. Like what, like get, get into detail. We're fine with it. Well, I like, I like putting delays, you know, the kind of the cheesy thing, putting them in gaps in the... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. in, the, in the vocal like they'll sing a line and there's like a huge gap in between and instead of just having like this gap you had the this tail of the delay going going on and it's nice. quite nice mm. um i like to have choruses usually a bit more wet than in other sections of the song oh, okay so wet as in more reverb and delay and yeah yeah, yeah. spacious yeah. oh true yeah and, uh, another thing i like to do is bring in bring in uh distortion in the chorus as well like another layer of distortion to make it like a bit more punchy and things like right, that right. to make the chorus even even bigger than it normally would be second and um there's another thing i always do like to bring like the uh having things less wide during the verses mm-hmm. and then make things more wide during the during the choruses so it sounds like it has like this opening yeah. up is that like your go-to formula yeah it's like so yeah. i don't always do it because it doesn't yeah. always work like if it's a rock song am i not really might not work as well, but for like electronic stuff, it, it works kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. I have a mixing question slash kind of songwriting <laughs> question. I want to know what your favorite synths are, and like synths. what your favorite kind of sounds are on them. My favorite synth is probably oh, it's definitely Serum. Yeah, a classic. Yeah. I make <laughs> most of my sounds on. What on door do you use? I use uh, Ableton. Ableton. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. And what was the other part of the question? Synths and oh, I was gonna say, what's your favorite kind of like go-to sort of sound? Oh, I love just like a reverby, really distorted sounds that you oh, just yeah. hear like a little bit in the background, like someone screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. Wait, you My can do favorite, that on one time. I was no, I was just to find like a sample or a or some or a part oh, of the okay, audio yeah, of someone yeah. singing in that song. Yeah. And then I'll just have it as like some really distorted, crazy scream <laughs> in the background. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Sorry, Han, we interrupted you. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one time I was working with Luan and um, this is my favorite like sound and idea he ever had was <laughs> I, I told him that I wanted to write a song about zoo animals. Oh, yes. and, and, it, and then like he laughed so hard and then it was like recorded into the microphone and he, like he used that as like the symbol. At like Laugh. the end of like a bar. I don't yeah, even yeah. remember Luan, doing that. <laughs> Luan laughed so hard. It was like a... Ah! And, oh, yes, I do remember and then, that. And then he reversed it and had a bit of like a, you know, computer magic. Made it... Yeah, missing <laughs> Made it into a symbol, fun. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. 
<laughs> the, only, the only thing I remember about playing with you, well, not the only thing, but one of the things I remember is just in rehearsal, you trying to show me how to use altered chords and me going, oh, yeah. I was a second oh, yeah. year at university, you were a third year at university and you're like, look at this, this altered chord and you can use it here and here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I have no what idea what's going on. Uh, amazing. Hey, um, speaking of working with people and, and us, because we've spent a lot of time with you musically, but we, um, I know you've done quite a bit of collaboration with different people as a producer or even as a songwriter with them as well. Um, specifically, can you tell us, oh, well, can you tell us what it's like collaborating with people? Like, what's your process for that? And then, um, then we'll go into talking about Manuela as well because he just released that song as well. So we can talk about that one. What's your process behind collaboration? Like, do you have a set thing that you do with people or is it? I always try and find what it is that most of the, most of the collaborations I've done have been kind of writing and producing at the same time. Okay. Mm. And I try and find what it is that they want to say. That's kind of like the main thing. And then what, what kind of, styles of music that that they're into so i can have kind of like a like mm, a baseline for what they like yeah, yeah. and mm. i can kind of see what i can do to to make something like that because if i have most of the time it's the style of music i don't really listen to and it's right. actually like a nice, nice challenge trying to figure out how to how i can make something like that and it's like a new uh, cool. new challenge every time which is pretty fun mm. i like that cool. kind of aspect to it nice just quickly while we're talking about that what how would you actually define the difference between songwriting and production? I feel like um, there's quite a lot of a, there's quite a lot of crossover. I feel yeah. To me, songwriting would be the lyric and melody to the song. Uh-huh. Mm. I feel like that to me is like the the song, and then the production is just the you know like the recording and the the accompaniment. Yeah, kind of mm. the background noises and synths. And yeah, all exactly. That stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, do you have like a like do you have like a something you do with the person do you like sit down and have a coffee before you start talking about that's actually exactly what i do <laughs> you do it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, always know. always coffee first have a coffee chat first. and then, and then milkshakes the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think i made one yeah. a milkshake before yeah <laughs> <Great> milkshake <laughs> oh, amazing that's cool do you prefer starting from scratch with someone or do you like working kind of from an an idea they already have I like, I, that I, like, um, I like the latter. I think it depends. Sometimes starting from scratch can be a lot harder because um, mm. you don't always follow through with whatever the ideas that you make. A lot of the time I'll make something with someone and it'll sound, kind of, it'll sound okay and then we just kind of ditch it because it's not, not what we wanted and then we just try to make another one and then just keep going like that until we find something that we like. Um, I find it tends to have a higher success rate when they already have an mm. idea. Right. Uh, we tend yeah. to like it a lot more faster. Okay. Then we would. You normally. tend to like it more faster, or they? Do. Uh, both of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Could you tell us more about um, making the vase with Manuela? Making the I think you said like Make the vase, like the vase, te vase, None of us are Spanish speakers. <laughs> yeah, um, what, what can you tell us about the process behind that? Because I mean, I know it was quite yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. We we had a period of time last. Oh, was it last year? I actually remember now. It was a while ago. I think it was last year, at the end of last year. Um, we would just have writing sessions every week, and she'd she'd come over. And um, she had a bunch of songs already 
that Tomas was one of them that she already had that she wanted to kind of, you know, finish and release. Um, she already had kind of like a, a production before that, which was a completely different version of it, but she, she wanted it to sound different. And then, so I was trying to think of ways to, to make it something completely different. And then that's, that's actually exactly what ended up happening. We just, I rewrote all the production to the song. Um, sounds completely different. The lyrics stayed the same to what she, Mm -hmm. to what she already had. And then, yeah, we just kept going for a few hours, recorded it and then it was done. Crazy. So it was a few hours process and that was it. Yeah. The finished product. Yeah. Wow. What did it sound like beforehand? I'm curious because, I mean, it sounds, it's quite pop influence, definitely yeah. a bit of kind of Latino. Um, yeah. Latin so that's, that's, kind of influence in there too. that's what she, that's kind of what, what she wanted more. I think what, what it sounded like before was a bit more like kind of like a bright, like super poppy type sound. Oh, okay. Mm. So we're trying to make it like a little bit, um, a little bit more like Latin influenced than like this like hyper pop thing. Yeah, yeah, it's quite dark sounding. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as bright anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was one of the yeah. things I was trying to. When she was describing what she wanted, she said she wanted something more, like a Latin influenced and but still kind of pop. So I, that was one of the ways I wanted to to do that was to kind of not have everything so like bright and excited the whole way. Mm-mm. All the way through the song. Nice. And it's a great sounding song. Like, congratulations. Oh, thank on you. That. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually do the mix or was that Scott? No, it was Scott Seabright, yeah. Scott Seabright, nice. Mm. We should get him on the podcast. That would be awesome. No, he's great. <laughs> He'll be cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I don't know if this is something that you did or was done in post, but at the beginning of Tavast, there's like a pad. But it starts like a semitone lower and then goes, oh, oh yeah. So it's like a small tape <laughs> stop. And every time <laughs> it frustrates the heck out of me because I'm like, we're not in, oh, it's B? No, it's C. That was a, so I know exactly what that is. That's yeah. a, a mistake I made in my um, in my search for creative effects to add to the... Um, <laughs> <Happy> <laughs> it's like a happy mistake, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, what, what actually happened? It's, it's like some tape warble effect type thing that like alters the... Um, the uh-huh. pitch over time <laughs> but like ableton glitches sometimes and then every time you start like a new piece of audio it like it resets like the warble to like go from really low to to oh, a normal pitch so, so, so it just sounds like it's going like yeah oh it's, it's like it happens now. it happens every time well not every time it happens like 80 percent of the time i bounce something out mm. and then it won't sound like that in my session but then when i bounce it out oh. it'll have just the start of every audio file will be like Wah. Oh, so you oh. didn't even know? No, I didn't know until afterwards. I was like, oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just going to be a trademark Luan thing. Having the yeah. Little you might actually hear that. Uh, if you listen to some other songs, you might hear that as well. <laughs> really? Oh, no. yeah. I'm going to be having my ear out for that now. <laughs> 100%. That's going to be there. Oh, it's that's like really an, interesting. an RC20 um, setting. The what? It's, a, it's like a plugin called RC20. Ah, okay. RC20. Nice. I do love those, like, like the isotope vinyl like the ones that like give it that old sound with the oh, yeah, like on little, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, so nice. <laughs> it's a really cool sound. I was obsessed with those for a while. Mm. Get that lo-fi hip hop. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing going on. <laughs> Luan, can you tell us more about the uh, creative process behind "Love You Better"? Behind "Love You Better," yeah. So that was a that was a really interesting one. I was, I think, it was my it was either my last year of uni or the year afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, making making beats in my room as I usually do. 
and I was trying to make some, I was experimenting with some like chord voicings on the piano um, that I can do on guitar yeah. that I hadn't, because I'm not, not really a, that much of a piano player. I was trying to play them on the piano and I just had this like nice voicing of like a nine chord, uh, an add nine chord. And then, mm-hmm. and then I just tried it with like a, a four, five, six kind of progression. Yeah. I was like, wow, this sounds really nice. And then I just kept, kept developing it. And I made like these weird synth sounds and things like that weird modulating sound you hear the whole way through the, um, the song. And mm-hmm. I remember getting, I had like this cool little verse section and I was wondering how I could, I, I felt like I wanted some sort of drop <laughs> in the song, yeah. like an uh-huh. EDM, EDM drop type thing. And I was wondering how I could, where I could go, but keep the same chords. And then I think I saw an ad on YouTube about like some clavinet <laughs> instrument. It's like okay. some waves clavinet instrument. Uh-huh. And it was someone doing like the Stevie Wonder, like, like that kind of thing. I was like, oh, I'll try and make one of those. And then I tried <laughs> making like some clav sound on Serum. And it sounded nothing like a clav. But I was like, wow, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds really cool. <laughs> and then so I, um, so I put it into, I put that in my session. But, and it still didn't quite sound nice to me. And I ended up manually swinging everything to like a, like a, quite a drastic degree in the chorus of the song. And it had like this really cool groove to it. I remember it was like, like an insane amount of swing on all the uh, semi-quavers and things like that. Oh my goodness. It sounded really cool. And then I added a drum beat to it and did the same thing with the drums, lined them up to the, the synth swing that I had. And I had just like a really cool groove. And then, yeah, that's just, that's what happened. And I got my mate Chris to, to record on it and that was it. Yeah. He wrote something in yeah. half an hour, I think. <laughs> And then we just recorded it and it was done. That's super cool. I love the story of listening to a sound, trying to make it, but finding something completely different that you'd like almost more. Yeah. That's mad. Where where is that synth in the song? Was it the whole way through? The the clavinet type synth. Yeah. Yeah. That that was just in the the chorus. It's like that main synth sound in the chorus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably play the song at the end of the episode once we finish uh, yeah. up. So you, can, you can enjoy that. Um, it's an amazing song. I still think it's like one of the yeah one of the better songs I've ever heard. Like I love that song so much. The drop where it's got a little kind of percussive thing before the last chorus. Oh uh, yeah, like I that think just like I was like oh every time. It's such there were cool some weird break. things I tried to experiment and and that song. I remember in the bridge as well. I had like a bar of two four in the end of the end of the bridge when everything's like swelling up. To make it feel like it started in like a oh, weird place to yeah, surprise the was, to be honest. surprise yeah. the listener. There's something it's very subtle, but there's something in there that's just magical. I reckon. Yeah, it's, it's actually one of my song. one of my favorite songs I've ever ever made. To be honest, sure. I was very creative yeah. while I was making it. Ah, oh, cool. Well, there oh. you go. There's the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us? Is there anything you can tell us about Focus? Oh, your other song focus. on your Spotify. I actually don't remember. <laughs> the, dream. The, yeah pretty much I don't remember quite exactly how that one came about it's got that really cool um, high up kind of guitar line that goes yeah. throughout the choruses I think I was listening to some um, like EDM songs that had just like they always had like a guitar melody uh-huh. in the intro of the song and I was like oh that sounds mm-hmm. kind of cool so I just tried to have that as my my little a melodic hook idea 
And I kind of, I think that's what I started with that guitar line. Was it the exact same guitar line or was it just a, a similar to? Yeah, it was just that. I just, that was the exact guitar line I started with that ended up oh. in the final recording. Nice. Um, and I remember finding, I was searching through Splice for samples. That's what I do a lot of the time. If I, if I don't know what to do, I'll just see if I can find loops on Splice uh-huh. and then remake the loop myself and have that as my, like an idea for something. And I remember coming across oh, right. like some so power chord progression. Make your own hear it and then recreate it entirely like from scratch yeah so like make my own oh. like version of that like melodic loop or oh my goodness that sounds like so much work <laughs> <laughs> well it's usually fun. quite fun yeah um, you can save a token on splice <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'm actually just really cheap and i don't want to spend the money on <laughs> splice grid <laughs> no, but I, um, I can make that <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to pay one credit 10 cents for that i'll just make it myself um no but i heard this power chord progression that sounded really cool and that ended up being the chord progression for the song was that that power chord progression i heard on spice oh and that was that was it really do you ever actually use the sample from spice oh yeah a lot a lot of the time it's not (laughs) usually like a main idea i'll usually use like percussion loops and things like that a a song and then swing them a little bit and that's super Mm. interesting i love that it's so interesting (laughs) seeing that the process behind how those songs have came to be, yeah. especially from a from a production style, side of it rather than, than other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Hon, would you like to take our final question? <clears throat> Luan, <laughs> if you could... Uh, it, That's not Lu- it. <laughs> <clears throat> Luan, if you had the chance to work with any songwriter, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, man. That's actually a really hard question. <laughs> um, I was trying to think about this. Yeah. I think maybe something like a Sting, maybe. Okay. That's well, I remember when I was when I was little, he was just. I remember hearing the the Police songs and Message in a Bottle was a song I really liked when I that first day I picked up the guitar. I heard Message on in the bottle, Message in a bottle, mm-hmm. in my on my dad's uh, Sting CD, Sting in the Police CD. Like wow, this sounds so well. cool. And then uh, cool. I just, yeah, I was obsessed with him for a while and I've always wanted to make a song like that. I thought you would have picked Bonamassa, Joe. Is that what I'm thinking of? The the blues guitarist guy. I don't even know who that is. Or, or John Mayer or something. John, John Mayer. Mayer. Yeah. Oh, that'd be Sean Mendes. Cool Sean Mendes. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's Love cool. That's a, that's a really yeah. nice kind of like cool. sentimental yeah. side of it. Mm. It's kind of the first person that you... You heard. Very nice. Well, hey, that kind of brings us to the end of our discussion. Thanks so much for coming on and talking to us. It's been super interesting hearing your perspective on things. We haven't spoken to many people who do as much mixing and production as you. Mm. So I think it's been like super entertaining. Thank you so no. much. Oh, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's good to be here. Oh, yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you so much for listening to The Process. Uh, this has been The Process with Hon and Jono. Um, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Process. If you want to keep up with Luan and be notified about new music, you can follow him on Instagram at the underscore Luan M and on Facebook at Luan Production. If you want to follow us, you can find us at theprocess.nz on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks. Have a great week.